Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make a play to stop this draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked up by David Harris, who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased off by Trumper at the 10-yard line. Suddenly, the Jets defense responds when it looks like the Patriots were ready to drive it right down the field. Third and seven, Matt Moore. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Tinley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 181. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, and I'm joined here by my good friend, draft tech analyst, Rich Tinley. How's it going, Rich? Yeah, all good, Ian. Uh, just, uh, we have, obviously, the most recent news is Derek Carr is uh, a New Orleans Saints and is obviously off the market for the New York Jets. Uh, so, yeah, again, there'll be probably a lot more quarterback talk this week. <clears throat> Never wanted him anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I definitely didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other news um, around... Uh, the Jets today, the Jets restructured tight end uh, Uzama and uh, converted $4.5 million of his uh, salary into bonus and cleared up $3.6 million in cap space. So it looks like the Jets are now, I think, uh, three, four, four and a half million in cap. At the moment, so I can see. Well, probably in the next week, you might see a couple of cuts. You might see uh, Mosley getting restructured, and maybe Tomlinson. Yeah, well, Tomlinson is a really big cap hit this year. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, CJ Mosley as well. Like I think he's twenty-one and a bit. So you kind of like to see both those cap figures coming down to just give. Uh, People the kind of opportunity to be, uh, you know, on the radar come free agency because, you know, like um, we still kind of need to fix the O line for me and, yeah, I think like you know a decent free agency, uh, free safety if they became available and wanted to join the Jets defense, I think would have a big impact. So you know, like you'd like to have some money to spend in free agency to strengthen a couple of different areas and then. I, I assume linebackers are going to be in need as well because uh, both our linebackers are free agents. And, yeah, we're going to obviously need to have a look at maybe replacing them with somebody quite similar. Or I, I doubt both will be brought back, Williams and Alexander, because 
I'm sure after how Vote played last year on the cheap, they kind of want to be paid a bit more this year. And, you know, that's probably fair. I think somewhere in the maybe six to eight million range is probably a fair price for for Williams and maybe five to six for Alexander at his age is probably not a bad figure either. But, yeah, I think even at those prices, they're just kind of too much for us because we don't have a lot of cap and we could do it spending it elsewhere. Yeah, I'm just wondering, Rich, um, have you ever listened to the Joe Panino, I think that's how you pronounce his name, podcast, Oh, the Pain, it's called? Um, I listened to it there today. Um, it was an interview with Joe, uh, Jets head coach, Robert Sala. And Robert Sa- uh, Sala, your man was basically interviewing like a normal Jets fan intelligent Jets fan would interview a head coach and he asked him tough questions and like fair play to Robert Sala, he was honest in his in his answers. But he mentioned Beckton and he mentioned that Beckton has got down to the weight that he was when he was uh, in the draft, selected in the draft. And seemingly he said that he's changed his representatives and um he looks like a different person altogether than he was in the last two years, which is a good thing. And then he talked about um, Jets uh, running back, Brees, Hall, and AVT, how they're in the gym and they're working out big time now and they're looking great. And they're on track big time. So that's good news with three players coming off, you know, that ended up on IR during the season. And they're, you know, three key players. Like if Beckton comes back to the player we all thought he was going to be, that's a big plus for the Jets' offensive line. And then also mentioned during the week that uh, Brown, the left tackle for the Jets, he, he's coming back healthy because he had surgery um, and he played through a serious injury all season. So... The, the offensive lines, you know, it's. Uh, I think from what I'm hearing off the Jets, for a hit, for a, the Joe Douglas and Salah, they're going to work big time this year on the offensive line. And for me, it it all starts in round one. That selection is either um, an offensive tackle or round two get Schmidt's the center. Round two, that's the guy I want. Sorry, just going back to the three guys that Salah mentioned. Yeah, like um, you're going to have quite a big difference in the run game with Beckton, uh, Tucker, and and Brees Hall available. Like, um, while for me there was still a few question marks over his pass blocking, I I, I don't think there was any. <laughs> with Beckton's uh, run blocking ability and, and Tucker the same to be fair like I think he's a quite a mauler and, and, and a mobile guy that kind of opens up the opportunity you know to to get a couple of sweep plays and stuff like that going and toss plays and you know getting both them guys out in space are, are, are dangerous in the run blocking game so yeah like that having them three guys back and fully fit will be a great addition to the offense like that's that's three of 11 positions that, like, 
are locked up with like three serious players. As I said, if Beckham does come back to his and um, kind of reaches his potential now at this stage, we we still kind of consider him young. But like, yeah, like it's getting to the stage where Beckham, we're going to have to make a decision on his future fairly soon. Like, I think this could be year four, so which means. Yeah. We have to be kind of looking at uh, whether we will take up the fifth-year option. Like, uh, you look at the Giants, they didn't take up the fifth-year option with Daniel Jones. And, you know, they probably should have. It would have saved them quite a few quid, I think. Uh, obviously, they probably would have paid it eventually uh, if they got But, like, they would have had an extra cheap year with Jones. I think would have been about $23 million. Uh, uh, this year, had the given them the fifth-year option. And maybe actually a little bit less than that. But um, yeah, I think yeah, Jones. I think, I think Jones after getting a three-year deal during the week, and it's, I think it's forty-five, forty million a year for. Yeah, I, I thought it was something along the lines of huge four years, one hundred and sixty million or something like that. Gino got locked up for three years, but like that, it's basically a two-year deal. It's front-loaded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well done to Gino Smith. Like, um, kind of. You know, the writing was on the wall from here for quite a while. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see, like, I suppose it's a great example to kind of never give up, isn't it? And he's finally yeah. got paid and rewarded. Now, I think uh, because of it, Seattle probably slips further back into obscurity again because there's a lot of cap going to be allocated to Gino over the next couple of years in comparison to what he was last year, I think was 3 or 3.5 million. So... Yeah, like best of luck to all the guys getting paid. I I just think every guy that kind of gets paid makes it easier for a team with a with a rookie quarterback or a, like one of those cheaper quarterbacks. Yeah, and then other news is the Jets um got permission from Green Bay to talk to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, day day later, they were out in California meeting for talks with Aaron Rodgers. So there was Woody Johnson who was. Uh, Joe Douglas, who was the offensive coordinator, Hackett and Robert Sala, all meeting with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, nothing's imminent, uh, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers likes to take his time. But like that, it seems like Aaron Rodgers was the number one target all along and they're going big time uh, um, for Aaron Rodgers at the moment. But like that, if they bring in Aaron Rodgers, that's a lot of cap gone. If to, you know, try and get cap out of the team this year, um, what are they going to give up for Aaron Rodgers? God knows. Um, and the other thing is, how long is he going to play for the Jets? Is it going to be one? Is it going to be two years? Um, and then you have the question mark over Zach uh, Wilson at the moment. Like, what do the Jets do? And like that, I mentioned that podcast a few minutes ago. And Robert Sella was asked about Zach. And he said, look, Zach, it, it'd be a shame to throw him away because he's such a talented, talented young young player at 23. So they're going to work with him in the background. Um, and that's why I think they're going to push big time to get Aaron Rodgers in. So Wilson can work in the background with him. I think probably shows all that is wrong with the Jets because as much as you say that Rogers was the plan all along, I actually heard kind of the opposite that uh, from a GM and head coach perspe- perspective, they both preferred Derek Carr. Uh, the one that actually prefers uh, 
Aaron Rodgers is, of course, our owner. Yeah. So, again, if he's the one pulling the strings, then it really doesn't matter who we have as head coach or GM because this guy is... He doesn't know football. Like he, you know, if he's going after Aaron Rodgers, he he's still stuck in the past where it was like having a franchise quarterback was the way to kind of reach a Super Bowl. Whereas now we see regularly enough every year, almost somebody on a rookie contract is the ones that are getting to the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's a it's kind of frustrating to kind of see like stuff like that been reported where. You know, it seems like the jobs, like, and we who we apportion blame to, like, oh, it's the head coach's fault we only won eight games this year, or it's the GM's fault we only won six. It's the book kind of stops with the owner the whole time, doesn't it? Like, you know, and I think this is kind of another example of it. Um, in terms of the Rogers, like, I, I kind of have my fingers crossed that the man retires, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, because uh, like I kind of want Aaron Rodgers. The best, the best thing Aaron Rodgers could do for the Jets is retire. If you know you're gonna have fans saying like, "Oh, he still wants to win." If he wants to win, and he will win a Super Bowl with the Jets. If he comes here and, and takes a two million contract a year, he'll win a Super Bowl with the New York Jets. If he's that interested, he's. I'm sure he's earning enough money now at this stage. You know, like two million is still a lot of money. It's a lot of money to us. Uh, get it's not a lot of money in terms of value, but you could be guaranteed that Rogers would be one of the favourites to win a Super Bowl on a two million cap hit. Yeah, he's not. Gonna, uh, you know. Yeah, another new there. money, and you know, you're you're bringing a, you're bringing a, a QB that's more interested in being paid than winning, and that's kind of the reality of all those free agents because they all want to. You know, it's like a kind of a pissing contest for for men. They want to like get what they feel their value is and what they're worth. They kind of don't grasp that. You know, if they took it a little bit less, it might actually be easier for them to to become successful. Yeah, and in other news, the Underpants Olympics was on last weekend, and the Jets met up with uh, Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, which. Um, for me, not that it surprised me, but I think the Jets are um, they're pulling in a lot of strings. Um, there's a lot of smoke going on with the Jets. You've got the Aaron Rodgers, you had the car, now you've got Richardson. Um, I think the Jets are going to, tr- from my point of view, the Jets are trying to get teams to get more interested in their quarterbacks so a player will either slip to them or they'll have a trade partner so they can trade back. That's what I'm hoping. Well, I would see potentially like a plan sort of C option, if you get me. Like if uh, the Jets don't really get anybody in free agency to be a starting quarterback next year, I think there's plenty of options, like, you know, potential options that come in cheap and can help us potentially then fix the O-line and, things along those uh, sort of sort of areas of the f- team that need to be fixed. So I, I would feel maybe they're looking at him as if he fell to us at 13, he does become an option if we don't have anybody else. But I kind of see it as that been potentially as far as that goes. Now, if it was a case of a kind of a Geno Smith thing, 
where um, he failed to the Jets in round two, which, to, to be fair, is probably where I think he should be drafted. You know, he's going to probably be drafted on his physical attributes and what he showed at the combine. Yeah, so that probably puts him... Well, like he, he, he played less college games than Mark Sanchez, and Mark Sanchez wasn't NFL-ready when he came into the league. No. Like... It, that's why I'm saying if you drafted him in round two, I wouldn't have a problem drafting him in round two, and I'd sit for you. You know, like if if you had somebody like Teddy Bridgewater or somebody like that, a one year cheap stopgap that you could, you know, put the year down to. We're not like trying to improve the QB position, but we're going to try and improve the O line, the run game, so that when he does come in in year two to start, that you've got like a lot of good things around them that gives him the opportunity, the best opportunity to, to succeed. You know, yeah. like you look at Darnold and all those guys, they weren't really given like the sort of things around them to succeed. Everything was like a stumbling block, was a hurdle, was an excuse. We we fixed the O-line this year. I think that's kind of the, the best way forward for the Jets. And in terms of like long term as well, like when you look at like, the likes of your Rogers options and stuff like that. Yeah, you you may have them for one season, and God knows what you're giving up. I think yeah, if we go cheaper, if he did fall to round two, and I think the Jets may look at drafting a quarterback this year as well. Like uh, if White's not brought back, obviously depending on what free agents we've signed by then, but I don't think there's going to be any rush to be bringing the likes of White in, or that you could probably get somebody quite similar still available in July or August, well after the draft. So I think they may look at a few options in the draft this year, but be probably more the mid to late round pick, somebody who could maybe sit for a year and stash and develop and, you know, have that kind of rock party impact potentially if uh, we did fix other things around the team next year. Yeah, well, for me, when it comes to Richardson, he is so raw and he just doesn't have enough tape for me to splash out a first-round pick because you look, the Jets splashed out a first-round pick for uh, Wilson, Sanchez, and those guys weren't ready. They didn't have enough game tape or um, college experience. So for me... Like yourself. Yeah, but none of them like, had to start day one, Ian. Like, you know what I mean? We could have sat them, but we didn't. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, like, just because we draft another one in the first round doesn't mean we have to start them. And no. I think that's the disconnect with fans, really, is that if it makes more sense to sit a guy, just like Rogers actually sat, or, you know what I mean, uh, Mahomes, didn't he sit for a year? And, um, yeah. Horts for the Eagles sat more or less for a year. You know, like quite a lot of guys that start to develop pretty well. Like the Eagles were probably protecting him, same thing, until they got better, like pieces around them, like O line. They traded for um, the wide receiver this year as well. Uh, and their O line was, I'm nearly sure, top five this year too. So, like, you're, you're bringing a young guy into those kind of uh, scenarios. They're great, you know, scenarios to try and find success in. Whereas you look at, let's just say, the likes of the roster at Chicago, at Houston, like two bang poor teams. They're kind of the rosters the Jets had when we were drafting quarterbacks yeah. and expecting them to succeed. You know, our roster now, I think, is far, far better for a young quarterback to succeed. But if he needs to sit for a year to get the best out of him and for the team to develop, a little bit more sort of around them as in 
not have a bottom five O line when he starts would be a, a nice help if we could have a, an O line in the top ten with the wide receivers, tight end and run game we could potentially have with the guys we have. We got a good shot at like getting really, really deep into the playoffs and potentially winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, why can't we be the Eagles? Why can't we be uh, the Seahawks when they'd Wilson or the Chiefs when they had Mahomes, you know, like or the Rams when they had Goff, like they all reached Super Bowls with those young quarterbacks that like you know, some were extremely talented and others weren't. I know like the Rams that didn't win a Super Bowl with Goff and now he looks like a an absolute superstar out in Detroit. But yeah, to, they kind of saw him as the guy holding them back and took the swap with Stafford and went from losing the Super Bowl with Goff to kind of winning it with more or less the same kind of roster on it and Stafford. So yeah, like I think I as I said, like for me, I would look at like the draft maybe mid rounds for a for a guy potentially uh, to kind of sit for a year. But yeah, like even that kind of thing of if we did draft a guy in round one, like if it, like God forbid we'd not start a quarterback on into the draft, then QB becomes a seriously important position in the in the draft, like where it, the Jets could be nearly forced to trade up, like it and. Who's to say that wouldn't happen potentially? Like, you know, what if one of the top three or four guys actually did start falling, which is always possible. Like you look at like I suppose like Jones, nobody expected him to go five overall. You have uh I suppose Josh Allen, some people had him going maybe uh the top ten. He I think fell to fourteen or sixteen. You, you know, like you've you've guys that kind of you think are going to be top five, top ten guys, and are not, and guys that like even Mayfield, like he wasn't supposed to go first overall, if I recall yet. Come draft night, you know he was a shoe in. Uh, but yeah, I suppose like the Jets are in a kind of a position at thirteen, where moving up for a young quarterback that fell maybe to like let's just say eight, even if they to give up a second rounders. To move up, you know, them five spots or a fourth and a second round up next year, something like that. They may say that is actually good value, given like, you know, if they're giving up that kind of thing for Rogers and you you have him for maybe one potentially two years, then you're getting a prospect there maybe that you've got five years with, you know, for giving up the same kind of draft capital. Well, for me, going back to Richardson. As you said, you rate him as a second-round um, quarterback. I do as well, but on his traits, he's going to go round one to a team. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, the other thing is, my number one quarterback in this draft is Stroud by a mile. Um, I think he could walk into a team and play straight away. Um, apart from that... I'm going to agree in... Just what what I will say with Stroud, which I kind of think it's not necessarily a negative on him, but a could kind of like, you know, you look at the core of wide receivers he's had over his time playing there. You know, like we've all seen how good Garrett Wilson is. Like I think there's a guy coming out this year that's probably equally as good. Uh, like, you know, I wouldn't mind even drafting him at 14, to be honest. Like he's had, I think, four or five first round draft picks uh, around them like catching the ball so you know like while I'm not saying it's a negative but it, it could kind of explain like some of his stats if you get me it may not just be all him yeah no I, I, I'm i a big fan of Stroud um, 
apart from him, I like Hayner. But like uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been looking at quarterbacks throughout the draft, different rounds, and I just really don't like this crop of dra- um, quarterbacks at all. Like Will Levis, I think he's a bad bad man's um, Sam Darnold, to be honest. Like you look at the footwork, the same as Sam Darnold. He's not accurate either. Again, like, as I said, I think you can kind of win with an average quarterback if you fix the O line. Like I think, I think we reached the playoffs last year with Zach Wilson. Had we got like a top ten O line, I, I think we probably win maybe eleven games. You know, therein lies the difference. Even with like, for me, there's at least three losses there that I, I feel had we got a good O line, we could have torn them into wins. We could have controlled the clock more. You know, there's a, a lot of things open up when you can kind of control the offense and the time of play and not have to worry about completing a tour to nine all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think looks to pick, but QB could be an option, as I said. Should we not, like, fix that before we go in there? I honestly... I, I, can't, I can't see it happening in round one. Um, if they really, really aren't sold on Zach Wilson and to bring in a vet quarterback, I could see them looking at Hooker as an option or Heener. Apart from that, I just don't see uh, an NFL starting quarterback outside around one, apart from them two quarterbacks. But the problem with Heener is he's six foot, he's small. Yeah, like, is there any kind of cheap QBs, like, not the kind of elite guys that you kind of look at in free agency uh, to potentially even come in as a backup? Like, is there any uh, where, you know, like, I kind of feel in a way the Jets almost have all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket now, and if that kind of falls true for them, um, they may be kind of, like, bag and bin shopping again, which... (laughs) Mike As Hoyt. I said, I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed for because that means we can spend more cap on maybe a centre or something in free agency, you know, and, and get a really, really good one there. Like, I know you're saying about the guy from Minnesota in round two, Schmidt, but yeah, like, there's no guarantee he doesn't go round one. You know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the 20, 25 range, and that's been honest. Yeah, well, he's my number one centre. My number two centre is the guy from uh, Nebraska. He's an absolute mammoth of a um, centre. I think his name. But uh, I, I just one question in: like, would you, would you potentially like um, have somebody like Sam Darnold back for like two years? Shall we say, like, if we did draft somebody in maybe round two uh, to potentially start the following year? Would you have somebody like, as I said, Dan is only 25 still. He's still young. He kind of knows the kind of set up a little bit. Um, and he'll have a lot more weapons around them. He has a bit more experience himself. Could he be like a kind of half-decent stopgap if he came in at the right price? I tell you, Rich, outside of Aaron Rodgers, um, he'd be my number one guy, Sam Darnold, and then Mike White. Because I don't want Beck Mayfield near the team. And nice. I don't like Briz, uh, Brizier. Brizzy? Brizzy. 
Britain. Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Just don't like him. Yeah, I, I would actually, he would be probably him and Teddy Bridgewater, or them two guys would probably be my top two. Darrell would probably be number three, strange enough. Uh, See, the problem with Teddy Bridge what, what, is he probably, can't stay fit. Yeah, uh, really look, I can't. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and that's why I would probably get up for Brissa. And like for me, Brissa, I thought looked pretty decent last year. Was a, with with Cleveland when he was playing, and you know, like he kind of had the same kind of sort of standard as uh, Watson when he, when he came back. Now I know Watson had a long absence, but Watson is seen as like a top three, a top five uh, quarterback on his day in in the league. So. You know, that's who he's kind of matching against. Like, to me, like, that kind of puts Brissa in the maybe close to being top 20 range. And, you know, I think we can kind of win with a, a good game manager and he could do that job, you know, what he did last year. So, yeah, he would be probably top of my list. I would Again, Teddy's uh, the kind of the one with um, with the injury issues and stuff like that. He's not as reliable. But, yeah, Darnold, for me, wouldn't be the... Worst thing in the world. Um, yeah. As I said, like he's still young, he, he still could potentially actually get himself a long term Geno Smith type deal back with the club that drafted him if yeah. he comes back, uh, you know. I'll tell you one thing if the Jets ended up signing Sam Darnold, I think Matt over in England will absolutely cry with enjoyment. Well, like uh, I would, I'd get a bit more use of my Sam Darnold jersey. <laughs> um, yeah. my daughter Lauren bought it for me and she didn't realise he had uh, left the building shall we say but like of course you have to be polite and go oh that's lovely thank you yeah. <laughs> so yeah like I might finally get a bit of bit proper use out of the Daryl the jersey <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, next week's going to be interesting anyway because the Jets have to make a few, few quotes I think and they have to restructure a couple of big contracts would like that you it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Aaron um the Aaron Rodgers situation and then what are they going to do with bringing in bodies I can't see them doing any business in the first wave of free agency maybe not even the second wave I think yeah, it's yeah. sorry when does free agency start? Next weekend, I think. Or no, it's actually this weekend is uh, Tampering, Saturday, I think. Right. So probably so, Tuesday or Wednesday. Next I think week. it's I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Like, Very good. But like that, I can't see the Jets doing much business. Um, well, like if it was a center that they could lock in, like you know, like. That's obviously a glaring uh, hole at the minute in... Um, I think in the draft line. Yeah, but I don't know whether they can... Quite, you know, like, given where the O-line has ranked over the last couple of years, I think they can't kind of risk and just go with, like, a young guy has been their kind of plan A. So, yeah, like, for me, that would be the position I think they would be looking at in free agency to potentially move on if I was them, just because they, we, we don't technically have one. Yeah, um, uh, it's going to be interesting anyway. Right, that brings us to the end of the show, guys. It's uh, Salon for me. And Salon for me. Sports Social Podcast Network.